Thinner Logs is a Chicago-based sketch group that writes comedy grounded in shared true, personal stories about our existence as lifelong nerds. We started your stories to give everyone a chance to do what we do, share their own stories, and foster a more heartfelt, welcoming nerd community. Your Stories is about embracing the weird and obscure in your life and asserting your geekdom with a group that gets your references. And, most importantly, Your Stories is a place to bring people up, not to put anyone down. Hey everyone, my name is Eric Arnault, and this is part two of the Nerdlogs Presents Your Stories December podcast, which features the theme Apocalypse. If you were here last time, you'll know we've got some really great special guests this month, including some folks behind the post-apocalyptic podcast, Our Fair City, as well as the chiptune rock band, I Fight Dragons. Uh, something really, really cool happens at the end of this episode with I Fight Dragons, Dwight Hassler, and my good friend and guitar fill-in for the month, Jim Snedeker, from Blackened. Uh, it is maybe the best musical moment on your stories yet. Uh, it is super, super cool. Um, so don't miss that. And besides that, you'll hear more music from Jim, Dwight, and Claire Friedman, plus stories from Our Fair City's Betsy Palmer and Stephanie Spence, former I Fight Dragons member Bill Prokopo, and our friend, local comedian Nate Bechtel. Uh, this is a really sweet episode, guys, and we hope you enjoy it. Uh, so we are coming up on the end of 2014, and I can tell you that next year is looking really exciting for the Nerdalogs in general, and your stories in particular. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have any solid details to share yet, because uh, I can't, but stay tuned to our website and Facebook page, because cool things are indeed happening. In the meantime, don't forget to check out our other podcast, Talking Games with Tim and Clayton, which releases every Tuesday, and MBSing with Mary Beth Smith, which releases every Wednesday, uh, and we've got videos coming at you every Thursday. We like to keep you entertained. Uh, how we doing? Uh, with all that said, we the Nerdalogs hope you have a great holiday season. In a couple weeks, I'll be back with the 2014 Best of Your Stories podcast. But until then, take care. Uh, Jim, this is also one of your... Um, yeah. Is this the video? All the time? No, no it has nothing to do with the video. Oh. You just hope that if, you know, everything was ending, that someone would give you a heads up. You know, like ahead of time. Yeah, that's the thing about apocalypse movies is they're always like, a comet is coming. And I would love just like a romantic comedy that ends in just like pitch black. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, oh, they're about to get together and a skyscraper falls on them. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, I'll be right back. I got to go. Oh, yeah, that did happen, didn't it? No, they had warning. They had warning. They were, that was like the whole point of the movie. Moving on. It's going to be all right. (laughs) Great. Thank you. Bet your eyes, girl, be otherworldly Count your blessings, seduce a stranger What's so wrong with being happy? Kudos to those who see through sickness, yeah Over and over over and over She woke in the morning She knew that her life had passed her by And she called out a warning Don't 
suggest we learn to love ourselves before it's made illegal. When will we learn? When will we change? Just in time to see it all fall down. Those left standing will make millions writing books on the way. song <laughs> I, we could not do it we we couldn't okay let me let me explain <laughs> initially when eric sent me the email he said the theme was armageddon That's so true. i'm like well we gotta do this song <laughs> Maybe it's armageddon. And, then he, and then after it's all set he said whoops my bad it's actually apocalypse <laughs> okay so all right yeah. so let me set the scene <laughs> the Earth is in peril. There is an asteroid headed straight for it. But wait, who will save us? A bunch of miners, including Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis. Meanwhile, Liv Tyler is all like my husband and my father, husband, boyfriend, something. My romantic interest. <laughs> oh no, they're both in such danger. And guess what? They both miss her just so much. <laughs> Meanwhile, 
Steven Tyler's face looks hilarious. <laughs> I could stay awake just to hear you breathing. Watch you smile while you are sleeping. While you're far away and dreaming, I could spend my life in this sweet surrender. I could stay lost in this moment forever. Where every moment spent with you is a moment of treasure. I don't want. I don't want to fall asleep Cause I'd miss you, babe And I don't want to miss a thing Cause even when I dream of you The sweetest dream I'll never do I'd still miss you, babe And I don't want to miss a thing <laughs> Lying close to you Feeling you Heart beating, and I'm wondering what you're dreaming. Wondering if it's me you're seeing. And then I kiss your eyes and thank God we're together. Well, I just wanna stay with you in this moment forever, forever and ever. I don't wanna close. I don't want to fall asleep Cause I'd miss you, babe And I don't want to miss a thing Cause even when I dream of you The sweetest dream will never do I'd still miss you, babe And I don't want to miss a thing And I don't want to miss one smile I don't want to miss one kiss I just want to be with you just like this, I just wanna hold you close. I feel your heart so close to mine, and we'll just stay here in this moment for all the rest of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't wanna fall asleep 'cause I'd miss. You, babe, and I don't wanna miss a thing. Cause even when I dream of you, this dream will never do. I still miss you, babe, and I don't wanna miss a thing. I don't wanna close my eyes. I don't wanna fall asleep. Cause I'd miss you, babe, and I don't wanna miss a thing. Cause even when I dream of you. Still miss you, babe, and I don't wanna miss a thing. Don't wanna close my eyes. I don't wanna fall asleep. Yeah. I don't wanna miss a thing. Harry, <laughs> oh, it's so tragic. <laughs> So coming to the stage next, uh, 
is the production manager for Our Fair City. Uh, welcome, Betsy Palmer. Uh, hi, everybody. It's really bright up here. My name is Betsy Palmer, um, and this is the story of how my sister Mary ruined my last night in Ireland. Um, until last night, <laughs> I had planned to tell an entirely different story, uh, but then I went to a party last night, I got super wasted, I told this story and was like, oh, fuck, this is the one. <laughs> so I drunk dialed my sister at like one in the morning, told her this had to happen, uh, and she just needed to be okay with it, because this story is very embarrassing for her. Um, and she said, okay, but it means we're even. <laughs> Uh, my last night in Ireland was about 13 months after I arrived there. Um, I studied abroad at Trinity College Dublin because it was the only program that would accept me for more than one semester. Uh, and I wanted to be gone from the United States for as long as I could justify it and as long as my scholarships would pay for it. So uh, it's my last night in Dublin. My sisters come over on vacation to visit me. Uh, I'd moved out of my house already, so we're, like, staying in this hotel room. And the plan is, you know, we're going to go out to the pub. We're going to have a few drinks. I'm going to say goodbye to some friends. We're going to go back to the hotel. We're going to pack. We're going to sleep if there's time. And then we're both going to go to the airport and, like, take our separate flights back to the States. So uh, phase one of this plan is going super well. We're out at the pub. It's great. We're having a good time. Uh, Mary is, she's smart. She's pretty. She's charming. She's also super good at the bullshit game, which is like the national pastime of Ireland. <laughs> so these dudes just fucking love her. And so she's holding court, and I'm hanging out over to the side with this friend of mine. I've been hanging out with this dude for a year, uh, and you need to know three things about this guy. One, he was a great actor, one of the best I've ever worked with, and I'm a huge talent whore. Uh, two, he had this weird living situation. He's living with his grandmother in city center in Dublin um, because she was ill and he's taking care of her, and also because it puts him in line to inherit the house, which has been in the family since, like, the 1700s. So, you know, I, this house sounds awesome. I've never been to see the house. And three, dude is hot. <laughs> like, I'm talking like, maybe you're an alien because you're certainly not human hot. <laughs> so, so we're chatting off to the side, and he invites me to come over and see his house. And I'm like, great. Like, I don't know if there's subtext to this, but I feel like it's a win-win situation. <laughs> um, so I go into the pub, and I'm, you know, I'm going to tell my sister maybe she should catch a cab home, and like, she can handle this, right? It's going to be fine. And she looks at me, and she opens her mouth, and she projectile vomits all over me, like head to foot. Yeah, it's it's like the biggest and most definite cock block of all time. Like just so you know, dude standing next to me and edging away. Uh, and I, I have to say, you know, thank you very much. Uh, I'm gonna have to respectfully decline your invitation. <laughs> and then I move on to the next problem, which is that Mary is in no way capable at this point of walking the distance to the hotel. There's no way I'm gonna get her on a bus, which means a cab. But no self-respecting cabbie in the city of Dublin is gonna pick you up if you look like you're gonna puke in their cab. And they will also not pick you up if you are actively covered in puke. <laughs> so. 
I like, you know, I get her into the bathroom at the at the pub. I do like the best sponge bath I can do, and I convince her that we should play a game that's very important. And the game is called playing sober. And she is playing so hard. She is like <laughs> pretending to be sober with everything in her body, and she's doing a really, really good job. And so we get a cab. We get in the cab, and the first thing the cab driver says is, "What are you guys up to tonight?" And my sister says, "I'm playing a game." <laughs> and the driver says, "What's what game? What are you playing?" And she says, "It's called playing sober." <laughs> At which point she failed the game and fell over. <laughs> and so I just start giving the cab driver like all the money I have, just whatever it's going to take for him to drive us to a hotel and not ask any questions. And so I get her into the hotel without any further instances. I get her into the bathroom of the hotel, and she vomits all over the hotel bathroom. And like, eventually, it gets to the point. Like, I, I had to strip her down and like hold her in the shower. Like, she's not able to stand on her own. So I like get her into bed. I get her settled. I shower myself. I clean up the hotel bathroom. And the moment that I'm like done, she comes bursting through the door and just the whole thing all over again. <laughs> I like, you know, we have to go back to square one. So I get her showered, I get her back in bed, I get myself showered, I get the hotel bathroom cleaned up. And by now, you know, it's five in the morning, I have a flight at eight. Uh, so I packed up my shit, I threw away everything that I was wearing, because there's no way I'm taking that on an airplane. Um, and I checked out of the hotel, I went and I got my flight out of Ireland. Um, as a postlog, uh, or an epilogue, I left six wake-up calls with the hotel for Mary's flight. She slept through all of them. She missed her bus to the airport. She missed her flight. So uh, she got to leave Ireland in a very Irish fashion as well, which is missing everything. She was too hungover to get there. <laughs> and that's the end of my story. I mean, yeah, I know that game. I'm playing that game right now. <laughs> I vomited on the inside. <clears throat> Speaking of vomit, uh, my good friend, Nate Bechtel. Thanks, Dwight. I love you, too. Uh, so I don't have anything to plug. Watch The Flash. That show's fun, I guess. It's delightful. It's the best Spider-Man TV show you'll ever watch. <laughs> So what I have for you tonight is the audio logs of the post-apocalyptic journeys of Nate from a dimension where people keep audio logs. <laughs> February 24th, 2015. Man, the Oscars were fucking crazy this year. The Busey biting spree was bananas. <laughs> Gary was just biting everyone. Ryan Seacrest eventually just switched his coverage to following him. It was pretty funny. February 26, 2015. It was not funny. We are doomed. Someone should have stopped Gary Busey from biting everyone at the Oscars. I just watched the Helen Mirren tape. I saw it happen. I saw her eternal grace and poise get perverted. Those teeth elongated to Clydesdale-like levels. Her skin gained the consistency of a dorm room leather couch, and her hair 
spiked and became sun-bleached like a middle finger to God Almighty. (laughs) But it was those eyes. It was those eyes that let me know we were doomed, that nothing would ever be the same again. Those burning pyres of absurd madness. (sighs) I just... I don't know how we're going to get through this. And she did bite out her nurse's jugular. Okay, that one was weird too. <laughs> March 7th, 2015. I've set myself up in a cave in the South Appalachia. I'm completely off the grid. I tossed my phone and my radio. Now I've just got to maintain my tense armistice with the raccoons. It's difficult. <laughs> Dudley keeps sneaking into my duffel bag. But I found screaming and shooting my gun typically helps. I don't know how he was planning to cook all of my spam. Those little paws couldn't get anything. (laughs) March 8th, 2015. I should have packed more than 10 bullets. (laughs) March 10th. Dudley saw through my charade. He took everything. Everything. His group of thugs came in the night and carried my gear to their side of the cave. Cave. When I tried to get it back... (laughs) It's the apocalypse. We get crazy. (laughs) He threatened me with my own knife. Granted, he could only open the screwdriver side, but as it turns out, that hurts a lot. (laughs) Thankfully, I tore up a few shirts, and I've used them to plug up the bite and screwdriver holes. (laughs) March something. I balk under the oppressive paw of these aggressors. (laughs) Ever since the annexation, I've been forced to labor for these bastards. They crave more and more trash cans, but my foraging is getting dangerous. Buseys have formed into packs and roam the streets. Buseys in front of me and this supernaturally intelligent Dudley to the back of me. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. The night of ascension. My glory is at hand. Dudley is slain. My alliance with the squirrels paid off handsomely. Commandant Plenty Cheeks himself was the one to launch Dudley off the ravine in our catapult. I am optimistic the comradeship will lead to much more fruitful relationship than my past one. Night of the Howling Tree. Ah, yes. Box of words. How long has it been since I last gave you a secret? But now it is the time for secrets, yes. Plenty Cheeks 4 knows I mean to become life mates with his daughter. He knows. But does he know the plan? Yes, the plan. Marry daughter. Kill Plenty Cheeks 4. Then... Become Squirrel King. Then get Squirrel Army. Then Squirrel Army take back Earth from Buseys. It is perfect. He cannot know. That would be crazy. (laughs) Day of the fuck it. The squirrels are dead. All dead. December 25th, 2018. We finally shot down the mothership. I never dreamed we would finally get those alien sons of bitches. But when Oscar nominated, nominated star of the Buddy Holly, sto- uh, Buddy Holly story, actual Gary Busey, landed in front of my cave and his stolen star rider and explained that the motorcycle accident back in the 80s was just the aliens stealing him to put in their self-replicating clones. <laughs> I knew we had a mission. <laughs> and now the earth is safe. Things are open again. I'm feeling hopeful. I have a purpose again and 
Dudley! I thought you were dead! Where did you get that gun? Last transmission. (laughs) Thank you very much, Nate. That was interesting. So uh, this next person to the stage is, uh, is, uh, if I'm understanding this right, was in I Fight Dragons. Is that right? Bill? Propofol? He used to do the electronics for them, uh, but uh, we're still willing to have you up on stage. (laughs) So everybody, Bill Propofol! Thank you. Yeah, hi. I'm I'm Bill Prokopo. I used to be in iFi Dragons. I used to play the uh, the Nintendo controllers, and, and Brian and I sort of figured out how to do all that good stuff. Um, I will also add as an addendum to his story about the the RV. I very specifically remember being in the back of the RV, hearing all the commotion going on up front with the with the the smoking and the whatnot. And there there was panic, and and some people, maybe me, thought that the RV might explode. <laughs> And there was a definite a point, definitely a point where we all ran out in, in fear that this 30-year-old vehicle might just explode around us. Um, and then I managed to take some, some video afterwards, and then I was able to do that a number of times throughout the year. Every time a vehicle broke down, Brian would be tearing out his hair, and I would always be there with the camera. And at some point, he would always like look around and just, Bill! <laughs> Fun memory. Um, so I was thinking about the theme of apocalypse, and I thought, uh, for every good apocalypse, which is an ending, you need a good beginning. And so I wanted to share a piece of advice that has been very meaningful to me about beginnings. And uh, it's from an Ira Glass quote, actually, which he, uh, which he starts off by saying, nobody says this to beginners. Um, And uh, what he goes on to say is uh, he talks about when you're starting a creative field or or any kind of endeavor, be it storytelling, be it music making, be it painting, be it radio shows, be it whatever, you often get into a creative field because of your taste. And your taste is at a high level. You're able to see something in that field and say, I know what's good, I know what's bad, this is good, this is bad. You you acquire a taste for it, or you have a taste for it. And then, let's say, you enter that field because you say, I bet I could do something like that. So Ira Glass goes on to say that when you first start off doing something like this, uh, the, the gap between your taste and your skill is always very big. So the first time you make something which for me was many, many years ago in terms of music and up until recently with, with other things. Um, <laughs> when, uh, when you start, you realize that gap. And if you're honest with yourself and really look at what you've created or what you've done, uh, you can see that what you know is good is not what you just did. <laughs> um, so he says that the best way to close that gap is to do work and to do more and more and more work. And so what he advises, and I don't know what context exactly he was he was talking to the listeners about. Maybe it was in terms of putting on a radio show. Uh, I, I took that to I took this piece of advice uh, in a musical sense. But he says uh, to find a project, something that you can do every week, something that you can start and finish on a weekly basis, and where every week, let's say it's a Thursday, you're able to finish what that is put it out in the world, and move on to the next one. And you do that over and over and over again. And the more you do that, the more the gap closes between your skill and your taste. 
And so I took that advice to heart, and I've done that in a number of different fields. Uh, sort of the first time I did that was with iFi Dragons. Brian and I, when we started the band, we started releasing tracks every two weeks. And we didn't necessarily know exactly what we were getting into before we started. Well, Brian had a good idea. I didn't necessarily have a good idea. Um, but we would just create stuff and create stuff and create stuff. And we had a deadline, and it would be a few weeks out, and we'd say, okay, this needs to be done here, and we and we get it done. No matter what happened, we would put it out, and then move on to the next thing. I took that piece of advice to heart a few years later. I started a solo project called Will Post. Here's the plug for that. Um, <laughs> the first thing I did with that was I did a, a cover a week, where I, I covered a, a new song every week, put it up on YouTube, um, and I did that every week for about six months. Um, I did that again two years later when I recorded and released an original song every week, which is a bit more of an undertaking in having to create something from scratch, production, vocals, all that stuff, put it out. Um, and I can say by by the end of all of those periods when I did that, I, I know personally I feel like my aptitudes and my abilities had just skyrocketed through the course of that. And what's really interesting in that process is that... Uh, the, the first few weeks are always a little bit difficult. You're always kind of scram, scrambling for things. When it gets really interesting is when you're in month four, five, six, when you've just been kind of on a roll and doing it over and over and over again. Anyone who's done something like a show like this, like the beginning is always kind of interesting and you're, you don't really know what you're going for. You're kind of fumbling around, but you get into this, this, uh, this role, uh, you know, as you start to get into it. And that's the period where you can start to get more adventurous and more creative and where that uh, that instinct of fear that holds you back from putting something out or taking that step that makes something more personal, more you, all of a sudden goes away. And you can hone in on what makes your art or what your voice is, uh, why your voice is more independent. You can hone in on that and start to experiment about that with that fear going away. So with every good ending comes a good beginning. And I just wanted to share my piece of good advice for beginnings. Thanks. <laughs> so much. That was fantastic, man. That's really good. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, so uh, the last member of uh, Our Fair City tonight uh, is a writer at uh, Our Fair City. Uh, please welcome to the stage Stephanie Spence. Um, so my name is Stephanie, like you said. Uh, I have a quick poll for you guys, and I have to do this so I can actually see you. How many people in here are from Florida? Don't be ashamed. <laughs> yeah, woo! I actually got some, I didn't actually think I was going to get anybody, but that's really exciting. Do you want to leave? Because it's really fucking cold. Like, I have a car running. Let's go. <laughs> we'll have mojitos in like an hour. Really? Oh, my God. Well, I'm leaving you, and I'm going by myself. And there'll be mojitos. It'll be great. Yeah, the humidity is awful. But um, I ask because when I thought of the apocalypse, I immediately thought, oh my God, Florida, which is my home state uh, where I was born and raised. Um, if the apocalypse starts in America, Florida has dibs. We have everything to make any apocalypse ever. We have giant reptiles. We have people on drugs eating each other's faces. Um, our state is slowly sinking into the sea. So I'm pretty sure we have it covered. Sorry, everybody else. Um, so wow, my original story I was going to tell was a really hilarious tale about boiling water to um, stave off cholera during hurricanes. 
Um, but the writing group for Our First City asked me to tell a story that isn't really apocalyptic, but I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, and I call it the manatee story. Um, and it's a story... <laughs> Gasp! <laughs> uh, and it's actually a story that happened to my sister uh, when she was a junior at the un- University of Florida. Um, so when you live in Florida, spring break is kind of hard. Uh, our entire state is just one long beach. And so going to the beach isn't really that exciting once you've lived in Florida for a while. Uh, so what a lot of people will do is they'll actually just go further south and hang out in the Keys. Um, now, not all of the Keys are like Key Largo or Key West with like the pirate ships and whatever. Um, some of them are just kind of like little sandbars or little rock islands that are like barely elevated above sea level. Um, and that's the kind of place that my sister and her maybe five or six people decided to go hang out. Um, so they're in the back of a truck, drinking, having a good time, and most of these people are, you know, relatively drunk. It's spring break, but everyone's keeping it calm, except one girl, and I will call her Kelly. Kelly is, like, blotto. Like, she's done. She's, like, college game championship levels of drunk. Um, and Kelly is just freaking out. She's stumbling. Oh, my God, you guys are on a beach, huh? And they're like, yeah, Kelly, we know. Um... So, you know, everyone's having a good time. Kelly is especially having a great time. Um, One of my sister's friends is looking out into the bay, into the ocean. It's beautiful. And they see a manatee, which is, like, kind of exciting, you know? Because you can see their, like, beautiful arc of their gray backs and the big tails, and that's kind of cool. So everyone's like, oh, a manatee, that's so great. Kelly's like, oh, my fucking God, you guys, it's a manatee. You guys, are you looking? Yeah, Kelly, yeah, we have eyes. Thank you. Um, and like many drunk people, Kelly has really high ambitions for herself. Um, like, you know how you're like, oh, I'm going to jump this 10-foot wall because I drank so much tequila. Kelly is like that, except her ambition is she wants to ride this manatee. Yes. Um, so Kelly is, you know, telling everybody, oh, my God, I'm going to do it, you guys. I'm totally going to do it. Kelly, that's illegal. It's weird. That is like a living creature. Kelly's already running down the pier, by the way. She's like gone. So everybody figures, well, you know, it's not that deep. It's going to be fine. She's just going to, like, fall into the water. It'll be kind of funny, whatever. Um, So Kelly takes, just like I said, like a running gallop down this pier. And instead of, like, kind of like a horse where you, like, ride the manatee, like getting on it and clamber style, she decides to take, like, a Mario-style, like, jump (laughs) into the water to ride this manatee. What Kelly doesn't realize, and none of the people realize in those, like, seconds she's suspended in the air, is that the manatee isn't just, like, swimming playfully in the bay. It's actually dead. It is, like, a dead carcass, like, floating by. So when Kelly jumps onto the manatee, she doesn't land on it. She goes into the manatee. she proceeds to get stuck and for the second time tonight projectile vomits into the Atlantic Ocean (laughs) while her friends watch her friends stand there watching and not helping because she's like boob deep inside of of the carcass I wish I could say there's like a happy ending or a moral to the story, but there kind of isn't, except don't drink that much Svedka and go to Brother. And yeah, that's it, you guys. That is 
so fucking awesome. <laughs> Okay, last last guest we have tonight is uh, Hari Rao. Hari um, was in a Metallica cover band, and Jim, um, as we uh, noted earlier, is in uh, Chicago's premier uh, Metallica cover band, and he messaged us and said that he would want to uh, do a song together. Um, and the guys from My Fight Dragons actually have programmed uh, the intro for the uh, on their Game Boy for us. So uh, Brian's gonna show that to everybody real quick. Great of sin, 
For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.